Yeah, when's the last time you used a, a payphone? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, do they even exist? I remember I used to use uh, the payphone. Put a quarter in, call people. Yeah. And then just bef- when you only have a quarter, you make once it hits voicemail, you lose a quarter. So you let it ring three times. <laughs> you hit hang up so the quarter Yo. comes back. Gosh, our kids are spoiled. Eh? Oh my god, they don't know what a payphone is. They have no clue. They don't even know. They don't even care about what a, a landline is. Yeah, boy. Welcome to the Leading in Love podcast. If you are a leader in any capacity who is married or considering marriage, you're tuned into the right place. We help leaders take care of their marriages. Remember. You are a successful leader, and your marriage and family can be successful too. You don't have to sacrifice leadership for love, and you don't have to sacrifice love for leadership. And now, here are your hosts, Gary and Julie. Well, welcome, everybody. Leading in love with Gary and Julie. We're excited that you're joining us. Right? Yes, of course. Of course. What are we talking about? Today, we are talking about why you need to make sure that your marriage counselor is on speed dial. Speed dial? Speed dial, boo-boo. All you do is just type their name in a search and you click send. You don't, need, you don't need to know what their number is. Okay. But bottom line, you need to, you need to call them. <laughs> yeah. Right? You got to talk to your marriage counselor, relationship counselor very frequently. Let's think about this. When you were a newborn, your parents made sure that they saw the... Was it a pediatrician? Yeah. That's the doctor you see after the baby comes out? Yeah. When's the obstetrician show up? Is that before the baby comes out? So, no. You deal with an obstetrician during your pregnancy. Oh, okay. And delivery. Then the pediatrician comes right. in after. Yeah. So, before... You, in fact... You before, forgot already? Yes, man. Jake's four. <laughs> I'm not dealing with no diapers and waking up every three hours to go... But, you know, a lot of Change. people continue with pediatricians until they're um, o- older. Well, I give thanks that Jake is all right. We haven't had to go see, you know. No, no, but I mean, even they, they, they have a family doctor and a pediatrician. So we're not doing this right? No, I'm just saying. Oh. Some people, I just chose to just bring them straight to a family doctor. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're in that field. So Sorry. <laughs> so, but remember, I, I do remember this, that before you left the hospital, mm-hmm. the nurses and doctors would provide information on a pediatrician if you didn't have one. Yes. Okay? And typically, if it's not your first child, you've already been through this part, right? Yes. So, likewise, at different stages in life, we need different people that are not our parents to help us become more rounded and equipped. They have information skills, intervention, mm-hmm. so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need teachers in school. Yeah, yeah. Um, they devote time to educating us so that we have a career at some point. Yes. Uh, we need lawyers to advocate for us. Yes. We need pastors and religious leaders to guide us and keep us morally and spiritually stable. Mm-hmm. We need all sorts of doctors, hand doctor, foot doctor, toe doctor, chest doctor, <laughs> head doctor, <laughs> to keep us healthy physically and emotionally. We need governments to take <laughs> care of us socioeconomically and protect yeah. our borders. We yeah. need good real estate agents yeah. to help us sell our homes. Yeah. We need people to understand how money works so we can plan for our future and right. so forth. Yes. Because we cannot do everything ourselves. Absolutely. So, it is no exception that when you're married, you need guidance. Yes. And this guidance comes from relationship counseling. Yes. 
A recent study by Pew Research noted that the rate of marriage counseling has increased. We talked about this in the last podcast, Mm -hmm. meaning that more people are putting efforts into taking care of their marriage. Or it could be that marriage counseling is just that stop just before divorce. We went to counseling. It didn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. But again, we mentioned that overall divorce rates are still sitting at half. Mm -hmm. So we can make the argument that couples are more inclined to making their marriages work or else it would be going up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, also, the age of marriage has increased. Mm-hmm. So, unless you're going to go through five-year marriages, like every five years you get married to somebody else, oh, gosh. then it makes more sense to make your marriage work. Absolutely. Okay? So, when you should go see a marriage counselor? What are some great times to go see a marriage counselor? Every day. Okay, well... Trust has been broken. That's Uh one. Mm -hmm. Okay? If it bothers you and you don't address it, it will only compound into a super negative. Yep. Okay? Another one is triggers are unbearable. Okay? This could be related to the broken trust. Yep. Another one, arguments are getting more frequent. Like you're fighting over, why are you putting my socks there? (laughs) Why are you touching my coffee cup? Why, why are you touching my coffee cup? Why exactly. are you driving my car? Like, right. Why are you going through? Why are you going in my car or going through my cell phone? Yeah, you're just getting angry. You find that you are arguing about stuff that didn't matter at one point. You can't help but fight. Mm-hmm. You're continuously walking around with the frown on your face. <laughs> they ask you, "Hey, good morning," and you're getting vexed. It's not a good morning. Well, no, that's dramatic. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But if they ask you a simple question, like, hey, can you pass me that that fork, and you're getting upset, your face is, your frown, it's time time to go. Yeah. Okay? Communication is poor. Mm -hmm. Either of you can't seem to get a point across to the other. Mm -hmm. Five, something definitely feels wrong, but you can't define it. You find yourself in a gray area and you need clarity. So you feel like there's something maybe broken in the relation, but you yeah. can't put a hand on it. Exactly. And because communication might be poor, you're arguing or things seem okay, yeah. but you just can't figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. There is something you want your partner to know, but you've been unable to tell them. Either you are afraid or the state you are in, you won't get the support from your spouse. Yeah. Okay? Seven, one or both of you becomes dysfunctional during a conflict. Your marriage is no longer safe for any type of communication. All right? Eight, some type of tragedy has rocked your family and connection is difficult. It could be a death, job, a job loss. Etc. Yeah, lots of reasons. Anything. Yeah. Maybe a child loss. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Family issues. Exactly. And you're taking sides. Uh, some myths about marriage counseling, though, because people seem to have different opinions about it. Yeah. And we've talked to some people, kind of get their feedback on their take on marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. We recommend it. Always. And we recommend it, you know, not just going to see a religious leader or pastor mm-hmm. or parents. Like, go to someone who's skilled and they're pretty much required to be objective. Yeah. That's important. So, here's some myths about marriage counseling. 
One, you should seek marriage counseling only if your marriage is on the rocks. If that's the case, that means your marriage is... It's often too late at this point. Often. Yes. Um, sometimes things suddenly happen. Mm-hmm. You didn't see this coming. But, you know, it's there was probably something insidious happening underneath. Mm-hmm. But it just blows up. That's a good time to go get help. Don't wait and then see what happens a year later. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with all this grief and all this pain and suffering mm-hmm. and now the the issue that you had with your marriage is compounded because mm-hmm. now you're dealing with the personal hurt as yeah. opposed to dealing with uh all the other stuff and you know i find that even even when when you go at that stage that's that's when you're going in with the mentality of we've tried counseling yeah but here's the thing you don't go see a doctor only when you're sick you kind of mm-hmm. go there to say yo um, to preempt the sickness. Mm-hmm. Doctor saying, yeah, you know, Gary, you're 35. Mm-hmm. At about 40, we check for prostate. Mm-hmm. So am I going to sh- not go at 35 and show up at 40? I'm here, check for prostate. Something mm-hmm. might have happened between 35 and 39. Exactly. Right? And you don't only go see a lawyer when you're in trouble. You go there so that you can make a good good decision so you don't get in trouble. Yeah. Right? So that's one thing. Some people, you should only go see... The myth is that, number one, you should only seek marriage counseling only if your marriage needs it. Mm -hmm. The other myth is, or number two, is that it makes your marriage seem weak. Mm. Fact is, your marriage is always being challenged every single day. Mm -hmm. And as we mentioned, marriage counseling is kind of like seeing a doctor. Mm -hmm. And the good thing is that it helps you identify certain emotions, perspectives, and it gets you closer to seeing what the real challenges are. This one actually is one that I had in my mind um, until I came to realize no. And I don't know why I planted this in my head, that seeing a marriage counselor is a sign of your marriage being weak. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always ready to run to people for help. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm one of those believers that there's that there's nothing new under the sun. So it might look slightly different, but it's the same concept. So I would always run to elders a lot, people that were older than me, um, that were married longer than me to ask them for advice, mm-hmm. etc. But they weren't experts, mm-hmm. right? So the thing that I always had in my head was run to... Going to a therapist or a counselor meant that your marriage is weak. Yeah. Um, because you can go to an older person, an older family member, but they're only talking from maybe their own mistakes. Or their own experience or, their or own what they want your marriage to look like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he's carrying on. So, but... If you maybe it's just a bit of pride though, because if I go see a doctor all the time, does that mean that my health is? Well, yeah. I'm, if I'm if I have to go, I mean, I go to the dentist all the time because my teeth suck. <laughs> <laughs> but if I go see a doctor, I might be saying, "Yo, I'm I'm concerned about these things." I'm just doing a checkup. Yeah. Just even just a simple annual checkup and, to. Ensure that you're still healthy. But here's the other thing. From the minute you're conceived, you're fighting death. 
I, That's why we have obstetricians, yeah. pediatricians, and family doctors. Yeah. So at the end of the day, from the minute you're married, you're fighting divorce. Yeah. So. Can you imagine? You know. Anyway. Number three, someone who's not married cannot help us. Mm. Regardless of their personal life, they are trained with the interventions to help you assess your marriage. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the person that's sitting across the room. It's whether or not they have the training. Mm-hmm. The marriage counselor that we had helped us see below the iceberg. She mm-hmm. spent a lot of time talking about that. And we realized that we were actually carrying a lot of stuff that we never were able to unearth or dig up. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about by the training. She wasn't married. As far as I remember, she, she wasn't married. No, she wasn't. And, but she really wanted to help us make a good decision about our marriage. So she gave us everything she knew. Yeah. And we're here. Number four. Thank you, <laughs> Yeah, she was cool. <laughs> Number four is someone from another culture cannot help us. Uh, this one is kind of on the fence because sometimes the cultural connection does matter. Okay. Sometimes the religious connection does matter. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, but sometimes objectivity is the most important thing. Yeah. So it is a myth, even though there's some specks of truth underlying it. But I wouldn't say that someone from a culture cannot help you. Mm-hmm. I think that there are advantages to having someone from your culture. And there's also disadvantages. Because imagine somebody from the religion. They might want to preserve the religion, the religious beliefs yeah. without trying to understand. No, this is what the, the rules say. It's about the rules and not about you and your relationship. But also you have to look at it from the perspective of uh, a counselor will naturally also look at you individually mm-hmm. and hear what your beliefs are. Yeah. And they will try to work with you according to what your beliefs are. Yeah, I agree. Right? So they That's always, why it's a myth. Cause, they always try to line up to what you believe in yeah. and put in their principles to give you a better pathway. Yeah. Number five, uh, the fifth one that we have, someone who's younger than us cannot help us. Again, counselors are trained and have skills to help others. There's, I could guarantee that if you go to counseling and you sign up for counseling, there will not be a 16-year-old Sitting across from you trying to tell you about your marriage. I don't think <laughs> I don't have had enough time in schooling. Exactly, and, and there's there, and there's there's bodies that govern therapists and and and, and coaches and and uh, counselors. Mm-hmm. They have to they, they they have to their certification is monitored. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if they give you wrong advice, they could be they're legally in trouble. It's a legal matter. Absolutely. And for some people, though, you know. If they're 40 and the counselor is 28, um, if age is an issue, then that means they feel some sort of insecurity about mm-hmm. sitting in front of somebody younger like, my goodness, I'm 40. Why am I struggling with my marriage? And I got to take advice from a 28-year-old mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at it as I'm 40, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with my marriage and I want to make it better. Right. And I'm sitting in a room with somebody who's trained to help me make it better. Right. Do you care that your doctor just... Is uh is five years younger than you? Do you care that your mechanic is five years younger than you? Mm-hmm. Do you care that your lawyer is five years younger than you? Mm-hmm. Do you care that your financial planner is five years younger than you? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. No. Right? Yeah. So how how do you find a good counselor? Okay. It's e- it's easy to find a marriage counselor or a relationship therapist, but finding a good one 
can at times be challenging. Yeah. Okay, the culture of barriers, religious barriers, age, lifestyle are all barriers. To make it easy on yourself, do the following. Right. First, find one who shares the same core beliefs about marriage. So the reason this one's there, I remember seeing a counselor and the first thing he said was, uh, you know, you don't have to stay married. And I'm like, okay. Like, I, 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 I wanted to stay married. So for you to give me that option, yeah, he, I wasn't feeling that. Because that, I, that's not what I wanted to hear at the time. But he wasn't working properly because they're not to say that. <laughs> there you go. So good thing I ran out of there. Uh, you could have, you know, <laughs> reached. Yeah. What if I got to? If you wanted and run to his jurisdiction because I didn't know because I, I we, you know, we were my man trying should to not that. be saying that. <laughs> like, no, you don't have to be married. And the other thing, but our marriage counselor, Elizabeth, she, we shared the same cultural uh, or the same religious beliefs. Yeah, we did. On marriage. Yeah. And so we prayed in our sessions, and the overall intention was to work to avoid a divorce. And that was but a rally that we had. Even when, when one of the questionnaires was, did you want to start off um, your sessions with a prayer or not? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, let's start off with a prayer. Yeah. So, again... That initial gentleman was completely wrong. Yeah, he needs to get his license revoked. <laughs> he probably had a really tough day. We'll give him a break that way by saying that. Yeah. Anyways. All right, man, we're good. Like, we'll move on. It's been a while. So the next thing is get a referral. Ask somebody who you know whose marriage recovered after seeing a therapist. Also... Ask somebody who had a bad experience with the counselor and ask why the experience was so bad. And then make a good decision. Yeah, it's good to get both sides of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, you and your spouse talk to the counselor before you start your sessions. Or even if you're going in um, within your first session. Yeah. Just to get to know them. This will help you open up the door for communication and building rapport. Yeah. Okay, talk about what can be achieved and establish shared accountability. Mm -hmm. Talk about the challenges they faced as counselors and how they've fared. Yep, I think those are good ways to go about uh, making sure that you have a good counselor. Now, the big question is, does counseling always work? Short answer, no. But it always boils back to the people involved. Mm Mm-hmm. Marriage counseling worked for us, but the key to anything working the way you want is committing to make it work. Yeah. We've said this. People go to marriage counseling at the end of the day. At the end, they get better as individuals. Mm -hmm. Their marriages improve, and they don't take responsibility. And if they don't take responsibility as individuals, then their marriage ends. Mm -hmm. So if you want it to work, it'll work. So I like to use this analogy when it comes to counseling okay when you finish high school you you know you apply for um school college university etc whatever school you end up going to you don't walk into the school and expect that after four years of just walking in you're going to get a degree you have to put in the work You're going to have the sleepless nights where you're going to be exhausted because you have a paper due the next day and you had other things going on, maybe midterms, 
going on, um, exams that you had to write. So you're going to have those sleepless nights. You're going you're gonna to have to miss that party so you can study for that exam. You're going to have to turn off your phone or get rid of your, your fun times. So that way, by the time you finish your four years, you get your degree. Mm-hmm. Now, if you end up on, you know, on the dean's list, you probably put in a lot more effort. Yeah. So when it comes to counseling, it's the same thing. You got to put in your blood, sweat, and tears in order for you to get the results that you're looking for. Right. It's going to take work. It's not your professor that is going to help you graduate. You have to make yourself graduate. Just like your counselor is there to guide you. Yep. Just the same way your professors guided you. 100%. But you have to put in the work in the marriage based off of the assignments that they give you, whether it's actual papers yep. that they tell you or a thought that or they activities. give you or activities that they tell you to start executing. That's how you would find success. But- and even after you complete your degree... You're stepping into an entry-level position. So it's almost as if you're stepping into completely new marriage. Mm-hmm. And you're still trying to figure things out. Okay, what I learned in school, wow. how can I apply it? Yeah. How do I need to redo things? Okay, now I figured out what I learned in, in, in Economics 101 this is how I'm applying it to mm-hmm. the job that I'm currently working in. That's what marriage counseling is. That was very well said. Now, here's, here's my beef, though. Yeah. You know people who go to one bad counseling session? Because you could go through several... It's like, like I'm going to jump on your analogy. Go in a class. Not every day is going to be exciting. Some no. topics are going to be boring. Boring. You're and confusing. Sitting there falling asleep. So you're 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 understanding everything up until this lecture. Yeah. Now everything just goes out the window. So now you need a tutor. Okay. And that's the thing though. So people go to a counselor and they'll question one bad counseling experience and then they just throw the marriage out, out the window. Mm-hmm. But people do online shopping. Mm-hmm. If it's bad experience they put the one star and they go to the next site. Mm-hmm. If they go to eat at a restaurant and it's bad, they'll go on Yelp and make a bunch of noise, and they'll go to another restaurant. <laughs> make up a bunch of noise. Or they'll they'll do take they'll get takeout. Mm-hmm. So we're always seeking alternatives. Mm-hmm. We're always seeking, and what I mean by alternatives is a better way to for the same result that we want. Right. I want to eat at a restaurant. Find me a good restaurant. Yeah. Therefore, I want to save my marriage. Let me get a good counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to move on from the bad experience with the counselor, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to stop eating. Mm-hmm. So why stop being married, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of a bad counseling experience. Mm-hmm. So you, some people even turn to lawyers for counseling, and I spoke to a bunch of lawyers about this. And they're like, why are you asking me for advice? Every email you send costs you 400 bucks. Yeah. And they're going to give you risk-based advice. Well, you know, if you divorce, here's what it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. Here's what you're facing with your children. Here's yeah. what you're facing with your spouse. You know, uh, your pension is involved in this. Yeah. My pension? I didn't think about my pension. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So why just stop there at just 
getting just because you had a bad experience, move on to uh to find a good experience, especially if you want your marriage to work. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is what you need is objectivity so that you can have a hard look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Have a hard look at your spouse and you both do that introspectively. And then you make an effort to improve yourself and therefore you improve your marriage relationship. So, does counseling always work? If it's going to work, here are three things we recommend. Mm -hmm. Make sure you do the following. One, seek therapy early. We'll get into it. Focus on your emotions because this could drive you to go and seek uh, help. Mm -hmm. And then predetermine your outcome. Mm -hmm. What do I really want? And be honest with that because what you really want is what you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. So... So the first one, seek therapy early. Unfortunately, many seek counseling when severe damage has been done, okay? Seeking therapy after infidelity or some other form of trauma. Seeking therapy early gives a better chance of preventing some traumatic outcomes such as infidelity. Other things you may not be able to preempt, such as losing a child or dealing with the death of a spouse or a death of parents. But perhaps experiences such as dealing with infertility Mm -hmm. or behavior issues or addictions might help. Mm -hmm. Good counseling allows you to have an in-depth look at yourself, including your experiences that contribute to how you think and behave. And now for the focusing on emotions part, which is number two, focusing on emotions will help. The key is, though, you can't be entirely driven by emotions because when you let your feelings di- dictate your process, yeah, you are more at risk of making a bad decision. Yeah. But if you understand the emotion that you're feeling, mm-hmm. then you're more inclined to making a good decision. Mm-hmm. Okay? So what, what is it about these emotions? Are they always showing up? Do they show up at a particular time? What triggers them to show up? Do you feel trapped? Do you feel enabled or disabled? Um, at what times do you feel insecure versus when you feel secured? Okay? Mm-hmm. Your emotions will help you understand how much control you have over yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, if you find that your emotions seem to get away from you or they carry you to places that you don't want to go, this might be a good indication that you should seek help. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to recognize how you're responding to certain experiences and can exhibit significant control, then you might feel more confident about yourself. But good counseling is always going to provide you with the tools to intervene on your emotions almost immediately. Mm -hmm. So it'll help you get a hang of your emotions. So you could narrow down your emotions and say, Mm -hmm. you know what, let me go get help, or Mm -hmm. I think I could handle this for this period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the third one, predetermine your outcome. So as mentioned, many go to counseling for formality to say that they went to counseling and it didn't work. So therefore, proceed with the divorce. Okay? Many go to counseling just to pro- just to prove that their spouse is an unfit partner. So they will oppose every intervention offered, while Jeez. some will show this behavior right away. Others will go to counseling um, be active, and then when they are back home, they go right back to their behaviors. Okay, counseling is a lot like surgery, 
Only the surgeon can perform certain operations. But what you do has a huge impact on the overall outcome of the procedure. If the surgeon says don't eat certain things or get sufficient rest or do particular exercises before and after surgery, then those are just as important as the surgery itself. Counseling only works if you want it to work. Bam. That's it. And I think that's good. The surgery, what you do before the surgery and after the surgery is just as important as the surgery. Exactly. Right? So what you do before and after counseling is just as important as the counseling. Exactly. So counseling will work if you make it if you want to make it work. Marriage counseling exists for a reason because marriage is difficult. Mm-hmm. All but all relationships are difficult and require time and effort to build. A marriage counselor is supposed to partner with you. Honestly, don't take advice from friends only. Because sometimes people call us up, by the time you hear their story, you have no choice but to sympathize because you hear their pain. So your friend's going to give you advice based on what they're hearing over the phone. And there's always two sides. There's always two sides. And your friend is, wants to hear your side. Of course. Okay. Good friend will obviously listen to both sides. So especially when it comes to family and close friends, like they're going to listen to you. So what you need to do, what they should do ideally, sit with both and make sure that we hear both, that they hear both sides. But they're probably not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But... You need to be able to hear both sides because at the end of the day, marriage should thrive. Yeah, and right? it can. And it can thrive. So, when to see counseling, make sure that you're attentive to your emotions. Okay, make sure you seek help early mm-hmm. and make sure you predetermine your outcome. Mm-hmm. And marriage counseling is supposed to make your marriage better. Of course course all right everybody that is our feature for today thank you again for hanging out with us we love spending time with you remember you are a successful leader